Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Scripture reading this morning comes from the Old Testament book, The Song of Songs, chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. Set me as a seal over your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death, passionate love, unrelenting as the grave. Its darts are darts of fire, divine flame. Rushing waters can't quench love. Rivers can't wash it away. If someone gave all his estate in exchange for love, he would be laughed to utter shame. The word of God for the people of God. Now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was in the fourth grade, I asked both Valerie and Elizabeth to be my girlfriends about the same time. They were best friends and they said no. When I was in sixth grade, I was madly in love with Ruann, who was dating Jeff and who threatened to beat me up. And I'm a lover, not a fighter, so that didn't work out. In seventh grade, I had my first real girlfriend, Rhonda, who dated me for, I don't know, maybe two whole months. Rhonda went on to be the Edgewater High School homecoming queen. I was also on homecoming court, but not the king and certainly not Rhonda's king anymore. By the time I met my wife, Kelly, during our sophomore year of college at UCF, I had had many dating relationships. I had gone steady with a number of uh, young women, but never more than just a few months at a time. I just didn't seem to have longevity in relationships back then, uh, to say the least. By the time things got at all serious, at all complicated, by the time we had our first argument, I was out, I was moving on, I didn't have energy or uh, a desire to be in anything that was complicated. The truth is, I just lacked the maturity. Um, and so by the time I met Kelly, our, our uh, spring semester of our sophomore year, uh, she was somebody that looked like she'd be fun to go on a date with. She was awfully cute, but the last thing I was looking for was a serious dating commitment. I was just looking for something to do and someone to be with on a Friday night. But on April 4th, 1987, that first date converted me. The next morning, I told my dad, I'm going to marry this girl after our first date. He laughed. When I told her, she laughed. But we're married now, 30 years almost. Something about that first date, something more importantly about her, 
changed my heart. This is somebody that I wanted to spend my life with. This was somebody that I could love. This was somebody who was, was worthy of commitment, somebody worthy of working through the challenges of a relationship. Now, Kelly wasn't nearly as convinced that we were getting married as I was, but after a few months of, of dating, and I had professed my love to her and she to me, and we were growing in our relationship, her ex-boyfriend heard about this new relationship, and he decided he wanted Kelly back. They had more history than we did. They had more memories. They had you know, been together a lot longer, and so he definitely was a threat. Now, now any time in a previous relationship, at this point, I would have just said, okay, fine, I'm out of here. But not this time. This was a relationship worth fighting for. This was a person worth fighting for. And thankfully, she saw my superior qualities to her ex-boyfriend, and, and I'm here and he's not. It was about that time that Huey Lewis, and the, Huey, Huey Lewis and the news taught us about the power of love. Huey said, the power of love is a curious thing. It makes one man weep and makes another man sing. Chains a hawk to a little white dove. It's more than a feeling. That's the power of love. They say that all in love is fair, but you don't care. But you know what to do when it gets hold of you. With a little help from above. That's the power of love. So why are we talking about love today? We had a lot of songs about love just a few moments ago because we just started a series that's going to take us through the summer that we're calling Love Is and Love Does. Love Is and Love Does. We're going to start for three weeks here at the beginning of the summer defining love. What does the Bible tell us about love? Uh, and then we're going to talk about what love does, how we put love into action, particularly around our vision statement. You remember last week we talked about that. The vision statement of First Church is to seek and love God, to love and serve people. So we're going to talk about how we take this godly love and use it to seek God more deeply and to serve others uh, in, in our lives and using our gifts. Now, you might rightfully ask, what on earth does the love of God have to do with me as a 19-year-old falling in love with a college girl named Kelly? Now, there's no argument that the love that I felt for her as a 19-year-old, first time in a serious relationship, hormonal, uh, intellectually, emotionally deficient young man is very different than the, God, the love that God has for us. At best, that's a weak analogy. I was love-struck. I was immature. I was threatened by uh, an ex-boyfriend. God's love is definitely very different. And yet, there is a quality, I think, that is similar. Though I would certainly say, now after many years of marriage and having children together, Kelly and my relationship, our marriage has deepened and mature, it was real back then. It was strong, it was committed, it was intense, just as I have come to experience God's love for us. Though I lacked the spiritual maturity and insight then to ask a question like this, I do wonder if if I was and am capable of loving Kelly that much, if I was and am uh, capable of such fierce commitment, 
then how much more is God capable of commitment and love for us without all of the humanity, hormones, jealousy, and drama? Even today on Father's Day, when I think about the love I have for my children, I think how much more, how much deeper, how much more committed is God's love for his children? The theologian Roberta Bondi writes, God loves beyond our dreams, extravagantly and without limit. Whatever we might imagine God's love for us to be, it is far deeper, steadier, gentler. It cannot be manipulated or bargained with. It cannot be earned or lost. God's love surrounds you already even if you cannot feel it. Would you just do something for a minute? I I want you to think about the most intense experience of love you've ever had. Maybe it was for a spouse. Maybe it was for a child. Maybe it was for a parent or a friend. Think about the most powerful, intense love you have ever felt or received. God's love is greater still. So today I, I read to you from the Old Testament book of the Song of Songs, or some versions say the Song of Solomon. I don't know if you're familiar with that particular book of the Bible. It's not preached from a lot. I've never preached from it very much. It is an extended, semi-erotic, romantic poem between two young lovers. Arguably, it's a strange book to put in the Bible and a strange book to preach from. Uh, We don't even really know why it's in the Bible, to be honest, probably just because it's attributed to King Solomon. Uh, It got added in. It's not an overly spiritual book. But over the centuries, millennia, really, the church has often read it as more than just love poetry, but, but seen in it the possibility of a of a metaphor, an analogy between God's love for us, God's love directed to us, the kind of relationship we can have with God. Set me as a seal over your heart. Probably the the most famous verse in Song of Songs. Set me as a seal over your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death, passionate love unrelenting as the grave. Rushing waters can't quench love. Rivers can't wash it away. Love is as strong as death, unrelenting as the grave. Now that's very dramatic and makes a big point. It's a little strange though if you think about it, comparing love to death and the grave. It's not something I would write in a love note or a Valentine's card. But it is a powerful metaphor if you think about it. Death is uncompromising. Death is absolute. There's no halfway measures with love. You're not kind of dead. I mean, with death, you're not kind of dead. You're not sort of between black and white. Maybe I'm a little dead. Maybe I'm not really dead. Either you're dead or you're not. It's saying that's the kind of love here that we're talking about. It's as strong as death. And this is a little bit of a theological aside, but we have to remember in the Old Testament, they didn't have any understanding yet of afterlife that came with Jesus and the resurrection. There was no promise or hope of, of heaven. When you were dead, 
you were dead. And so when it says that God's love or the love that's being talked about here is as strong as death or as unrelenting as the grave, it means that the grave won't let you go. Similarly, when God's love has you, God won't let go. The passage also says that rushing waters are unable to quench God's love or to wash it away. Honestly, it's another strange metaphor for love. We think that probably it's a reference to the, the chaotic primordial waters that existed before creation. Remember back in Genesis 1, it said, before God created, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, and then God said, let there be light. Or maybe it's a reference to the flood in Noah's days. Or, or maybe it's a reference to uh, the Red Sea that, that drowned Pharaoh's army. Again, pretty strange thing to put in a love note. But in essence, it's saying that love is more powerful than the chaos we experience even in our daily lives. Maybe we would say uh, love is greater than a Cat 5 hurricane or an F6 tornado can't blow God's love away, or even a global pandemic can't socially distance us from God's love. God's love is greater. God's love is more powerful. Pope Francis says God's love is unbounded. It knows no limits. Well, let's, let's just personalize that. Let's tweak it a little bit. God's love for you is unbounded. It knows no limits. God's love for you is as strong as death, unrelenting as the grave. Rushing waters cannot quench God's love for you. Rivers can't wash it away. I don't know about you, but as I hear these words and as I apply them to God's, God's love for us, I hear this persistent, unwavering quality to God's love. It never gives in. It never gives up. This is a love that seeks and finds. I mentioned Kelly and I dated uh, during college. We were students together at UCF. Now that's before cell phones. Today it's a lot easier. You don't want to see somebody, you, you text them, you call them. Where are you? I'll meet you there, right? But back in the day without cell phones, when we were both on campus, neither near a phone, if we wanted to see each other, we had to be a little more intentional, a little more strategic. So if we hadn't planned to meet up somewhere, we, we kind of had to know what each other's class schedules were. Where, where does your class held? And so we would sometimes just wait for each other after class, just hoping to catch a moment with each other. Or there was a time when Kelly worked in the, the library putting books back on shelves. Remember when books were those paper things that you, right? We actually had a card catalog that you had to use back then to find a book. I would go from floor to floor, aisle to aisle, looking for Kelly for no reason other than I just wanted to see her. I hear a similar quality when the Bible talks about God's love. Psalm 139, which one of our songs was based on, says, where could I go to get away from your spirit? 
Where can I go to escape your presence? If, if I went up to heaven, you'd be there. If I went down to the grave, you would be there too. If I could fly on the wings of dawn, stopping to rest on the far side of the ocean, even there, your hand would guide me. Even there, your strong hand would hold me tight. In, in Luke 15, Jesus tells a series of three parables that I think echo this. One is about a, a shepherd who has a flock of a hundred sheep, and one of them strays away. So he leaves the 99 in search of the one. And when he finds the one lost sheep, he brings it back and celebrates for the one that was lost but now is found. Then he tells a story about, about God in the form of a widow who's lost a, a really valuable coin Then sweeps out the house in search of the coin. And when she finds it, she runs out in the streets to show the neighbors, look, here's the coin that I lost, but now I've found it. She cherishes the coin because she found it. And then the third is about God as a father with two sons. One's a prodigal, One's a bit more prideful and dutiful. But God loves them both, and then the story runs to both with open arms. Jesus also tells two interesting parables about the kingdom of heaven. They're very similar. In fact, they're back to back. One is about a, a treasure that's, that's unexpectedly found in a field, and the person who finds it goes and sells everything he can so he can buy the field so he can own the treasure. And then there's another story about a, a merchant who's looking for a, a pearl of, of great value, and he sells everything he has so that he can possess the pearl. Now, the traditional reading of these parables is that the kingdom of heaven is so valuable that it's worth everything we have. But there's another way to read it that the treasure in the field, the pearl of great price, isn't, isn't the kingdom, but rather in the kingdom, you and I are the treasure. You and I are the pearl, and the treasure hunter is God, who gives everything in his son Jesus to have us as the treasure. This is a God who loves with a powerful kind of love. These are all illustrations of the way that God loves. Strong as death, unrelenting as the grave, always seeking, always pursuing, never giving up. In the Methodist tradition, we call that provenient grace. Grace is God's love given without price. It's given freely. It's offered to everyone, whether we're worthy or not, because none of us truly are worthy for it. And it's a grace that pursues us. It's a love that pursues us. Richard Rohr writes, God shocks and stuns us into love. God does not love us if we change. God loves us so that we can change. Only love affects true inner transformation, not duress or guilt or shunning or social pressure. Love is not love and it's, unless it's totally free. Grace is not grace unless it is totally free. There, there was a young man living a, a fairly wild life, struggling to be both kind of an earthly person and a spiritual person. And then when he discovered the love of God, St. Augustine said, Late have I loved you. 
beauty so old and so new, late have I loved you. You called and cried out loud and shattered my deafness. You were radiant and resplendent. You put flight to my blindness. You were fragrant, and I drew in my breath, and now I pant after you. I tasted you, and I feel but hunger and thirst for you. You touched me, and I am set on fire to attain the peace which is yours. Friends, that's a love that is stronger than death. Of course, the ultimate manifestation of God's love was demonstrated for us, expressed to us in the person of Jesus. He is the one who came to show us God's love, to teach us about God's love, to invite us into God's love. And he's the one that made a way that we could experience that love eternally. He's the one that stands at the door of each one of our hearts knocking, asking, will you let me in? Will you let the love of God in? Finally, maybe, maybe most importantly, when I read this passage from the Song of Songs, I hear in it an offer or maybe an invitation to set me as a seal over your heart, as a seal upon your arm. In ancient times, preliterate times, before people would sign documents with their signatures, most people in business would have a seal, you know, a stamp that has certain insignia on it, and they would stamp it into melted wax, and it would show that this document has been authorized, or, or this deal has been made between these two people, or this verifies that the, the I made this, or this belongs to me. Think about that. Set me as a seal on your heart. Set me as a seal upon your arm. Accept my committed love for you and pledge the same to me. That's God's invitation to all of us. God's saying to you this morning, set me as a seal upon your heart. Give it to me. St. Clair of Assisi says, totally love him who gave himself totally out of love for you. So, so here's the point. If, if you zoned out and all you remember is I dated Kelly and Kylie, I mean, what, and, I, and, and I asked out Elizabeth and Valerie, if, you if that's all you got from today, just let me, let, me, let me bring it all home for you. Here's the point. God, the creator of the universe, the, the sustainer, the one who holds it all together, the redeemer, Jesus, who died for us, that God loves you with a love that is beyond description. That God loves you individually, passionately, unconditionally, unreservedly, 100%, unwaveringly, and invites you in to be part of that love. We set the love of God as a seal upon your heart today.
Let's pray. We hear the invitation, God. Some of us have heard that invitation before and and have accepted it. You've been written on our hearts for a long time. But maybe somebody's being moved right in these moments to, to inch a little closer to you or to let you come a little closer to them. May there be someone among us, maybe many among us, who would let you come and be sealed upon their hearts this day because of your great love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.